Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars, George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, Here we go. And welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Austrian Audio, making passion heard. And Tribooth, don't forget the code, T-R-I-P-A-P-200, to get $200 off your Tribooth. And, of course, from Centrance and the Pro Audio Suite, the new Passport VO. <laughs> but anyway, um, you've been busy over the weekend, Mr. Yeah, Rowe. I had a busy three days because I finally got around to building a studio in this new place. We talked about it a few weeks ago and I finally got around to doing it on the weekend. So I've been, if you could see what I'd been working in, you'd be shaking your head because it was just, you know, computer monitors leaned up against the wall and baffles leaned up against the wall and mixing in headphones and all sorts of fun stuff. So I finally got around to <laughs> to getting it all done. But, but your um, clients were no more worse for the wear. Well, do you know what? That's that's one thing that I've actually patted myself on the back for is that I actually haven't had any comments mm-hmm. from anybody. So it's kind of been nice. So um, I'm guessing the headphones you used were the um, Austrian Audio headphones. They would indeed be, <laughs> which I, I'm glad I took the time to get to know um, when I had the old studio and I could sort of, you know, A, B and see what I was hearing. So that yeah. probably kind of helped. That helps a lot. Yeah. But, but one thing that I did want to talk about today and something that struck me uh, as I was putting my room together and, and looking back at some old photos is comparing the first studio or serious studio that I ever built to this one. Uh, and it's kind of been a bit of an eye opener and probably a bit of a pointer in terms of where technology's gone and all that sort of stuff. But the the big one for me is Patch Bay um, because I've always had a Patch Bay. The first time studio I built, to put this in context, would have been the first serious one would have been in about 2007 or so. Um, and I had, <laughs> you're going to laugh at this, George, I had an O2R, I had yeah. a Patch Bay, I had passive speakers, so I had a power amp, and a Mac and all that sort of stuff. So, so it's compared to today, I now have a Digi 002 in the rack, my old faithful Digi 002. I have the Drama uh, and I have my Atom A7Xs and a big knob and a MIDI keyboard and that's about it. So uh, wow. it's kind and of... Which it, computer are you running now? I'm still running my old... 2012 Mac Pro, the cheese grater, but that's going to change very soon. So it was going to change a while ago. It was going to be going Mac. When you change that, say bye-bye to the O2. Yes, bye-bye to the old faithful. Yeah, I know, the 002. Yeah, that will be be a sad day. I I do like it. It's just, I don't know, maybe it's just the simplicity of it. I don't know what it is I like about it, but maybe I'm just used to it too, so... Anyway, well, you know, every piece of gear that we look, well, I at least look at as really old and obsolete, there still seems to be a market for it because I've been getting rid of boxes of gear that have been accumulating for a couple of years on eBay. Um, I just sold an Apogee, not even Apogee, an Avid Duet. 
Oh. This was this weird Apogee Duet 2 that was branded Avid. You know, their name was on it. Mm -hmm. And it only works with Pro Tools, you know? Yeah. And one guy bought it by mistake, said, no, it turns out it's obsolete. I can't use it anyway because they stopped supporting it in 2018. I relisted it and somebody else bought it for $60. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, this is stuff that was just barely above e-waste. And yet, there's people buying it. Oh, absolutely. I also pulled an old Apogee One, the original Apogee One, 11, 12-year-old audio interface at least, and uh, got 40 bucks. So, yeah, people still want this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I've got, um, because I have, a bit like Andrew, I have a, a road rig because I occasionally get called out to go and do remote recordings and stuff. So I have my, um, my old, again, 2012 uh, 13 inch MacBook Pro, uh, and I have an Mbox Pro, which um, is in a road case, so I could sort of carry it on a plane with me or whatever, um, and, yeah. and throw a few mic leads in and, and a couple of microphones in a backpack. And I've been down to Melbourne a few times to record stuff and bits and pieces. So, which generation Mbox Pro is that? See, oh, look, I, I'm no good with numbers, but it's the old black one, black with like curved edges. Um, the, it's got four mic inputs and. And, uh, yep. and and all the the bells That's and the whistles. Gen three, yeah, Gen three. That would probably yep. be right. So um, so yeah. So you know, I, I was looking because obviously that will probably have to go too. I was looking around, and they're still getting like three hundred bucks here for those things. So um, oh really? Yeah. So it's like this, you know, and and and, and I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Google is wired into my brain um, sometimes because. You know, I, I'll jump onto to Facebook or TikTok or, or one of those and be zooming around and st stuff that I'm sure I've never said out loud. So it's not like anything could have heard me, but I've been thinking to myself <laughs> pops up and, and I was scouting around last night on TikTok and there was a video came up about um, pimping up your 2012 Mac Pro and getting it to run Big Sur <laughs> and all this sort of stuff. It's like, I've never said it out loud, but you know, sure enough, the video turns up. So, um, so yeah, so it, it, <laughs> while technically it's obsolete, there's people out there who are figuring out workarounds for all this stuff as well. There's probably people out there using 2009 Mac Pros. You would think so. You know, maybe uh, if Robert was here, he would be. He would probably say me. <laughs> he definitely would. He definitely would. He, he's not afraid to keep old machines running and tuned. Yeah. And yeah. and our buddy Jeff Berlin, I always see him posting on uh, yeah. various chats and saying how I keep old Macs running. And then that became a discussion of security concerns because once the once a Mac becomes uh, obsolete which is about 10 years, they do not push up um, security, security updates, updates anymore, right? right? So now you're on your own Yeah, yeah. to be careful. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, the, I think right. the reason that Robert doesn't actually sell his gear because no one wants to buy it because they're always looking for equipment that comes out of a smoke-free environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's always that, isn't there? Uh, that could be it. Yeah. Yeah, that could yeah, be it. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, I love to see... Uh, what the outcome is of your new Mac. We'll, we'll, I'm sure you'll give us a report what it's like transitioning to that. You asked about audio interfaces to replace the 002. Did you just set, settle on what you're going to get? I haven't really. No, I thought I had when I was going to buy it the first time around, but now I'm sort of scratching my head going, hmm, 
The um the thing I do have lying around and figured I might give a fly is the roadcaster. Mm-hmm. I was going to say that. Yeah, so um, I I might throw that. In well, the you don't need to a ton of IO, right? You don't need like a whole bunch of analog ends. No, not anymore. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, if you look at the back right. of the big knob, I've got uh, two track A is just the audio out of my laptop. Um, obviously, door mix is Pro Tools, uh, and then the only other thing going in there. Uh, comes off seven and eight on the 002 rack, which is a headphone mix for when I record this show because you guys mm-hmm. listen to each other on Source Connect now. Right. Um, and now I'm actually I'm actually monitoring off off Pro Tools, which is receiving you guys from, from Source Connect. Got it. So I've got a headphone mix that comes back to there. Uh, and that's it, yeah. really. I mean, and, and the outputs is the Adams um, speakers and... Um, the only thing I'm not sure about is you can only, I'm pretty sure you can only run one set of speakers on the, the roadcaster and I have two, yeah. I have my crappy old set. So I'm not quite sure how I'll f- figure that out, but could sure you use it, How many headphone outs are there? I think there's, there's four, four. right? So, um, could you not use, so like I probably could for speakers. I probably could. That's not a bad yeah. idea. Might be able the to good thing that. about the headphone outs is, do you, are you talking about the roadcaster pro one or two? Two. Two. Yeah. The good thing about the the two is every headphone out is assignable and you can create a mix unique to that headphone out. Mm. Oh, well, there you go. So it's really flexible. That would be so interesting, wouldn't it? while it's really lacking in line outputs, which it certainly is, you at least can use these, you can repurpose the headphone outs mm. and, um, and use them in, in instead. You know, you just have to have the right cabling. You need like a TRS stereo to pair of quarter inch mono cables like an insert cable to be fair my my beam monitoring is a crappy old pair of computer speakers yeah well that'll all you need is an eighth inch to quarter inch that's adapter right and, and away we go headphone jack and bob's your uncle yeah you'll probably be fine then i keep forgetting how those headphone jacks are actually the outputs that were missing because the the original roadcaster it had the same four headphone outputs, but they were not assignable they were all the same and it was not nearly as flexible now now with that ability to create mixes you probably will i think you really can do everything you need to do with a roadcaster pro 2 i think you're set mm. Mm. i'll be interested to have Honestly. a play with it absolutely because i haven't been able to unfortunately due to technology constraints with the old uh the old mac pro but um i'm really looking forward yeah. to being able to plug it in and have a bit of a muck around. So you can't plug the Rodecaster Pro Two into the. It won't run. It won't run the software. It won't run. Uh, what's their road software? Road Central. Road Central or whatever it wants. It wants some software. Are you sure you need to install it? Isn't it driverless? I thought so. I thought I did. I, when I read the instructions, I didn't actually try. I'll be honest. I read the instructions. It would be an interesting test just to plug it in your Mac Pro and see if it shows up as a. Yeah, because well, be. what you see is a multi-track and a chat. You see two sets of drivers. Right. Okay. And I feel pretty confident that it's a class-compliant USB device, meaning you don't have to install anything to get it to work. You, you could be you, right. You have to install things to use those cool road extras. You know, the road connects and central and all mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it's worth a shot. Just I might to have plug a look. it in, and yeah, if it yeah. shows up as an I/O on your Mac Pro without any software at all, then we it's go. a win. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. you're right. Well, you wait. sitting on the shelf right behind me. I'm looking at it right now. Maybe I because might the try thing that. About the mm-hmm. the Roadcaster Pro, I mean, it's just so flexible, and it has you know 
basically everything you would possibly could possibly need. I would have thought. Mm. Oh, totally. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I'm interested in playing with. It only has one limit, and the limit is that it only has four mic preamps, which is plenty for most. For me. I just set it up in a four-microphone studio. We needed a fifth for the producer, so I, I literally rigged up an XY splitter for the fourth mic preamp. And then I have a, a mic mute button, you know, so the producer can just cut on their mic when they want to say something, and it just mixes it in on track four. That was the only way I could, or channel four, but it was a workable workaround. So I know that if uh, when I when I've got the um, the M1 the the Mac. And uh, I got rid of Total Mix and the RME from the PC, and I was looking for some kind of interface to run the my external preamps, outboard gear, uh, into the Mac. And I ended up buying the Audient ID44, which we've discussed in depth on many occasions. But um, had I had the Rodecaster Pro 2, I probably wouldn't have gone down that uh, Audient route, I don't think. I would have just stuck with the Rode because I, I had the four inputs, which is perfect. I'm guessing it would do the same thing as the audience does, as in, you know, uh, I don't think it's a complete bypass of the internal preamps, but neither is the no. audience. Um, right. So you just have to be mindful that you don't hit the preamps in the audience or whatever the interface is too hard and get distortion, even though your levels are low. Mm. Right. I mean, you can run the preamps all the way down to zero dB of gain. So I don't know how much input level that will handle, but it's likely that it'll take a pretty high input before clipping. Yeah. I mean, if it can take at least 10 plus dB of input, you're probably going to be just fine. Yeah. You know, that's in the spec sheet. I don't know what it is, but actually the one I'm on, it has an actual line in mode. All right. You click line in and it still has a trim control, but um, I don't know if that's doing other things electronically or just reducing the gain. Whatever the case is, though, does have a line-in mode. Does the uh, Roadcaster have a talkback? It does not have a talkback. Because I was just looking at the big knob, and that's one thing that I do use. Um, I used to use, and, and I'll mm-hmm. probably go back to with the Roadcaster, I guess, but I used to use this mic, my desk mic, as um, as my talkback. But then I figured out one day, to my surprise, that rather than having to keep remembering to mute myself in Pro Tools, there was the talkback on the big knob. So I... I've been using that. I send that to Pro Tools and just add that into mm-hmm. my mix that I'm sending to everybody. So it's nice. It's convenient to be able to just sort of push the button and, and let go rather than having to remember to mute. Well, I group my mutes. I mute the right. client feed and I mute my feed. So I just mute one, you mute right. them both. But you've still got to remember to do it. Whereas when you take your finger off the talkback, bang, it's pretty much done. Yeah. Yeah, and it's easier to forget if you're not actually hearing yourself. That's right. If you're only using speakers, for example. Mm-hmm. You, it is easy to forget that talkback is on. Yeah. Unless you have a fancy talkback rig that dims mm-hmm. the speakers when you're talking back, which I don't know if the Mackie's big knob does or not. No, it doesn't. It, um, just, it just turns them off. Yeah. Well, it's funny because yeah, yeah. the ID44 has got a talkback and it will do a dim, but if I'm actually doing a session, I'll ha- have it on cut. Um, right. It's the fourth, one of the ch- four channels. I have one going to another external preamp, which is the Sebatron, which I use as my talkback. Um, mm-hmm. And that works really Not well. Bad. It's perfect. Yeah. Someone did suggest to me that I map from my MIDI keyboard that I map one of the function buttons to the mute in Pro Tools. 
I've never actually tried to do that. Sounds unnecessarily failure prone. It does. And that's why, to be honest with you, that's why I've never really done it. Cause I kind of thought, mm, okay, that that's fucking with things that don't need to be fucked with. But you know, it's yeah. sort of like, it's like, yeah. it's like telling someone if they ride a bike, look, you can save money on tires by buying a monocycle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, that's going to end in disaster. <laughs> So yeah, I've, I've I've sort of stayed away from that. I even have a box here called a Stream Deck, made by Elgato, and I have a dedicated button for muting Zoom, and it literally lights up on there saying that it's muted or not muted. Yeah, I, it's not as reliable. Yeah, it just isn't as reliable. Yeah, I don't. It, sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes it has a delay after I press it. A physical switch on the microphone hard to beat it yeah <laughs> it's very reliable there's something comforting about clicking the mouse button directly onto whatever it is you're trying to do and knowing that it's just going to happen rather than hoping that half a dozen processes in the middle do what they're supposed to do really isn't there exactly yeah. yes so. i mean as long as you see a big meters that shows you're not sending an audio signal mm -hmm. on screen then then you can feel really confident but otherwise everything Everything else is just, uh, yeah, I hope I hope it actually did cut my mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I cut my yeah. mic. Well, while you're sitting there swearing at the producer. Yeah. 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 I suppose I suppose thinking, to, you know, talking about things that have become redundant, you know, probably a talk back button has. But it's, and maybe I'm old school, but there is still something about physically, you know, using your finger and pushing that button and seeing the red light come on and knowing that they can hear me and then taking it off, seeing the red light go off and go, okay, I can swear my fucking head off now. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. there is something comforting about that. <laughs> I do not disagree with that. Yes. Well, I was always told right in the beginning of my early days of radio career, whenever there's a microphone in the room, just be careful what you say. <laughs> you just never know. And I did it. I actually uh, did do it once and it was, um, yeah, it was a bit embarrassing. But I think everybody's put their foot in their mouth yeah. <laughs> with, a, if, with a mic in a room. Have I ever told you my David Day opera singer faux, faux pas? Have I told you that? Have I told it on the show? If, if I have, I'll cut it out. I so. <laughs> there was a, yeah. a, I was at a radio station called Triple M in Adelaide here in Australia in my career, uh, a long time ago in my career. And there was a, an old rock and roller of a morning presenter, a guy called David Day. Daisy. Who was sort of, yeah, Daisy, who was, um, who was sadly passed, but was sort of like the Rick Dees of Adelaide radio, but he, in, not in terms of pop, he was, a, a, he was your classic rocker. So one day uh, the opera came to town and someone decided that it would be cool if we got one of the opera singers to come in and rather than have the, the promotional vehicles out on the street and, and the drivers calling in going, yeah, come down to such and such a park and find us, we're giving away icy cold cans of Coke and blah, 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 that we get the opera singer to sing the locations and the products with this opera music. So the day arrives and, and, and this opera singer turns up and she's your classically overweight middle-aged lady. Um, and, and I put her in the booth and I got her all mic'd up and, and she'd brought some music with her that she'd figured out what she was going to sing to. And she'd brought that in on CD. And I was loading that into the computer at the time. I can't remember what I was working on, whatever it was. It wasn't Pro Tools. And I had the microphone open. Like you could, you could, it was one of those ones where you could double tap it and it would stay open on the, on the analog console. And we were just talking backwards and forwards and, and I was doing something and it was, it was silent and, and in walks Daisy and, um, you know, sort of, it doesn't say anything, but it, sh it should have clicked at the time. He didn't say anything, but he sort of waved at this lady through the glass and she waved back. 
and and Daisy turns around and leaves his leans his bum against the console and says, um, "Why are opera singers always fucking fat?" <laughs> and from the booth, you hear, <laughs> "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, Daisy turns bright red. I swear to God, he didn't turn around. He kept his back to the glass. He slid his ass along the console, reached over, opened the door, and walked out and just left me to deal with it. <laughs> Get on you, Daisy. Oh, dear, I'll never forget it. And I, w- I was left to profusely apologise and say, look, I'm sorry, that's just Daisy. He's so uncouth. Yeah, I, I agree. How dare he say that? Blah, blah, blah. And we finally got it done. But Jesus Christ, it came close to never happening. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> Daisy. Ah, Daisy. the good old talk back button. So, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if we replace all of us with AI, we won't have to worry about that anymore. But here's a quote from Joe Walsh who says, if we don't have AI, Who's going to destroy hotel rooms? There you go. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and on that note. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Tribooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. The Pro Audio Suite.